Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the season of Epiphany. During this time of the year, we are concentrating on the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. He is true God. A few weeks ago, we were celebrating the Christmas season. That's when we remember Jesus being a true man, true God and true man. And so in the readings for this time of the year, there are always in the gospel lesson some kind of a showing forth of the divinity, the power, the almightiness of God as uh, Jesus begins his ministry. And so uh, we have this reading from Mark chapter 1. Notice it's in the first chapter. It's at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Uh, he's in Galilee. He has just called his disciples, uh, and they have gone to Capernaum. Capernaum is not too far from Nazareth. Uh, where Jesus grew up. Uh, Capernaum is a Roman city, and perhaps Joseph uh, and his family with Jesus perhaps knew a lot of people in Capernaum because Joseph, being a carpenter, would have probably had an ability and the opportunity to have a good job there. And so that may be a community where Jesus is familiar to uh, with, and also they might be familiar with him. So we hear this uh, particular story about Jesus uh, uh, along with his disciples as they are in Capernaum. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately, on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And then I want to, you to pay special attention to their response. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. As I was preparing this message and looking at this particular gospel lesson, and as I explained, this is at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, I kind of became fascinated with the response these people had to what they heard and uh, what they saw Jesus do. And I th I'm thinking of we as Christians, as we gather together, and we hear all of these stories of Jesus' miracles. And, and we know we, we, of course, have the whole scripture. These people only had the Old Testament. But when we hear about all of these miracles that Jesus does, and the wise words, the, the holy words that he says, you know, do we have kind of the same response? as these people did 2,000 years ago? Uh, should we have that kind of a response they had? It says they were amazed. Well, as I said, we know the whole story. Maybe we should be more amazed because we know the whole story than these people were for their first introduction to Jesus Christ and the miracle. Now, this particular person that enters the synagogue uh, had an unclean spirit. It's hard for us to relate to that today as is a long time ago when there were you know, hospitals and you know, medicine was pretty 
pretty basic. If anybody had uh, uh, even access to somebody who knew something about medicine, so if you were born with some, you know, uh, mental or physical malady, uh, you lived with that pretty much the rest of your life. So whatever this man uh, exhibited because of this unclean spirit, uh, this would have been really something spectacular for these people to see that this man who came in maybe acting really crazy uh, and probably the brunt of a, a lot of abuse in his community, all of a sudden Jesus has come out and the man is completely normal. I'd ask you, what you how you would respond to seeing that happen. Well, when we take the message of Jesus to the people of the world, uh, sometimes we get interesting response. And oftentimes when we talk about our commitment to Jesus Christ, how important Jesus is and our faith in Jesus and the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, how important that is to us. It, you know, it shapes our life. It, it guides our future. It, we, it's very important to us. A lot of people say, why? You know, why is this faith that you have in Jesus you know, so important? Why, why does it affect you that much? And uh, why, of course, do you make it a central part of your life? So there's a lot of, uh, well, a response to this is, you don't understand. You just don't get it. You don't get what this faith in Jesus Christ means to me. It means uh, my life. It means my future life. It means the hope and the peace and the help that I have that comes from nothing here on earth. They still don't understand. They don't get the point. A lot of people, as they think of Jesus, uh, they think of him as a, like a superhero. You know, somebody, you know, somebody who kind of uh, uh, stole from the rich and gave to the poor. He, de he defended poor people. He defended the sick. Uh, he was a great hero that way. Some people don't even believe he existed, that this is all myth and legend, something like Paul Bunyan. Oh, it's a nice story. But it didn't happen. No, who would be like this? Who could do those kinds of things? Other people see him as a religious figure, um, a religious hero, uh, somebody who fought again for the, the, uh, um, the underclass people, uh, somebody like Mahatma Gandhi who did a lot. Uh, he was a religious leader, but also kind of a, a social leader. So he's a hero kind of along with that. Or he, because of his life and the things he did is somebody that uh, eventually died, sacrificed his life, something like Gandhi did for the cause. We should be honored for that sacrifice. Or somebody who uh, had a lot of stuff against him, uh, uh, but succeeded anyways, even though all these people opposed him. Somebody like Helen Keller was born deaf and blind, but she overcame all of these uh, obstacles that were in her life. So we, we respect them. But that's not the way we look at Jesus. He is our, G he is our Savior. Uh, he is our Lord. Uh, this morning I want to... Uh, uh, share a story with you, uh, uh, this idea of they just don't get it. You know, what is it like just not to get it? And how does that apply to us? Uh, and since there are uh, teachers that were honored today and uh, honored this weekend, I thought I'd do something about uh, oh, a little story about teachers so that the teachers who are here and teachers who hear this can understand. And most of us, of course, have experienced 
have experienced uh, being with teachers, so we know something about how difficult it is to, to teach, especially in these days and times. Well, this teacher uh, was uh, having to teach during the, uh, the COVID epidemic. And of course, uh, for, for a while, it was almost always remote. So the teacher would be uh, in a classroom or at home and the students would be in their homes and it would be all on, on the computer. And uh, this particular teacher was teaching younger, younger children and it happened to be Thanksgiving, uh, the time of Thanksgiving. So uh, she wanted to make sure that kind of her lesson was attached to what was going on, the celebration of Thanksgiving. And so her point in her lesson was to teach the kids why turkeys can't fly. Why turkeys can't fly. Uh, and of course the answer to that is that they're, they're just too heavy, they're just too big. Uh, they can't fly like regular birds, they, they're just too big. They can't get that much body off the ground. Well, she's been a half an hour trying to give examples and understanding to these kids about why turkeys can't fly. They just didn't get it. No matter how hard she tried, they didn't get the concept about why the turkeys couldn't fly. Well, finally, she said, I got to do something different. So in her, in her refrigerator, she had a turkey thawing out uh, that she was going to serve on Thanksgiving. So she thought, ah, an object lesson. So she runs to the refrigerator, comes back, and uh, does all kinds of things with this, uh, you know, a thawed turkey to try and get the kids to understand that the reason turkeys can't fly is they're too big. Nothing. Nobody said anything that came to any understanding of why turkeys can't fly. Finally, giving up in desperation, she finally asked a question, can anybody tell me why this turkey can't fly? To which a little boy said, the turkey can't fly because he's dead. They didn't get the point. They didn't get the point. So it is, I believe, uh, as we go out and witness our Christianity and people examine our lives and see us live our lives uh, and they know that we are centered in Jesus Christ, they just don't get the point. However how much we try and how much our effort, uh, how much effort we put into it. It's always trying to think of a word uh, that I can associate with this gospel story and the response of the people in Capernaum uh, it says in here in the, got tests, uh, in the text that they were amazed. Well, that's a nice word. Uh, Jesus is amazing. But that didn't, it, it, it didn't fit. I'm not sure what's going on here with this. Um, they, they were amazed, but I, it, it just wasn't enough for me. I said, I've got to have a different word to attach to this uh, response that we should have as Christians when we hear what God has done for us and continues to do. So I thought of a word that's a little more contemporary, even though it's been around, of course, forever, but it's used a lot more now, and that was the word awesome. Is Jesus awesome? Well, think about that. Do you consider Jesus to be awesome? And to uh, kind of help you uh, understand that, I thought I'd look up, what, what does awesome mean? So you can think about it and contemplate it. Uh, it says, if you just, this is what the uh, internet says, if you describe someone or something as awesome, you are emphasizing that you think that they are very impressive or extraordinary. 
And then another question that was in this particular section is, how, you do, how do you describe an awesome person in one word? So I'm going to read a bunch of these words and think about, you know, do you apply any of these to Jesus? Pleasant, kind, charitable, magnanimous, uh, hardworking, skilled, smart, bright, intelligent, caring, creative, funny, nice, loving, sincere, assertive, interesting, fascinating, beautiful, handsome, athletic, so on and so forth. And then uh, another question that was addressed in this section was, what does awesome mean in the Bible? Well, this is their explanation. God is awesome. The adjective awesome means to be someone or something that inspires a feeling of both fear and amazement. God commands reverence and respect. That's awesome. Well, we do have an awesome God. Uh, when you think of all that our God has done for us and continues to do for us in our whole lives. Uh, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was listening last week to Pastor Schultz's sermon, he started his sermon off with a story about uh, a phrase that he learned when he was in, Boy in Cub Scouts. Well, that jarred my mind as I was thinking about this particular uh, message. And I said, I, w I went back into my youth to say, well, you know, what happened in my youth that would help explain how I view God and, and what's important in our viewing of God, you know, how we appreciate God. So I thought of, of being a uh, young teenager at Camp Lule Lee in the Lower Peninsula, in the middle of Lower Peninsula, Michigan. I went to camp for a couple years as a eighth grader, ninth grader, 10th grader. Now in my church that I grew up in, I had a pastor and, and I had teachers that uh, I think they liked going to funerals because anything we sang there was uh, 300 years old uh, and sung at funerals. Uh, so I didn't ever hear any songs that were kind of uh, funny, fun and happy or kind of uh, in tune with young people. Uh, and I learned at that camp a song that if I wanted to, to share with you how I look at God as being awesome, I would say this song exemplifies how I feel about God. Now this is a child's song, so to speak. It's not some great theological masterpiece, uh, you know, plus used with an orchestra, sung to an orchestra, or this is a prayer instead, not really sung. Uh, but I think it does talk about why is God so awesome. And the, the phrase goes like this. It was a prayer before meals. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. Now you say, well, it's a child. Is that really all that phenomenal? I think it is. The reason God is so awesome, and we think of Jesus as awesome, because he is so good, and he is so great. He is so good, and he is so great. Pretty simple. And yet, it is an awesome thought, how good he is. He is good to us. He made us. He created us. He created us all as individuals. That shows how important we are. Everybody's DNA is different. We're not just cookie cutters, you know, uh, cookies cut from a cutter. We have a personality. He gave us a soul as well as a body and a mind. He provided, uh, you know, he provided all that Adam and Eve needed. In the garden, they weren't satisfied. But when they sinned, he didn't destroy them. He rescued them. He should have maybe just destroyed them and started all over again. He decided not to do that. 
we are all descendants of that Adam and Eve. And so we all take the blame also for what happened there. But he didn't destroy us. And he doesn't destroy us. He saves us. He rescues us through his son, Jesus. He is good. Uh, not good in following the rules, but he's good that is caring and compassionate. When I, when I think of those people in that synagogue, uh, when they heard Jesus, uh, they heard a man who cared about them, who had compassions, who was concerned about their well-being. Even when this guy, the, this nutty guy comes in and disrupts things, he doesn't ship them out or, or you know, have his disciples escort him out. He heals them. He cares. This man probably had no attention, no attention in his entire life. And yet Jesus gave him attention and cured him. And so we think of this good, great and good, this Jesus and our God is like this parent. Our parents always do what is best for the child. That's their role. Sometimes that's not so pretty because you have to do some things as a parent that aren't so pretty in order to guide, direct, and protect your children. Our God is like that. Sometimes he does things or lets things happen that we don't understand, but ultimately they are for our benefit because he cares about us. He is a gracious God. He forgives us over and over again, even when we desert him, like the prodigal son deserted his father, we are like the, product, the father of the prodigal son. We are always welcomed back to his family. He is generous. His love overflows. He is even willing to die for us. His creation, to die for our well-being, both here on earth and in heaven. And then to be resurrected as a seal upon the fact that as Jesus promised, I am going, as I have been risen, raised from the dead, you also will be raised from the dead. Today, we had a little miracle experience here today. We had this little Margaret, his baby, was baptized. This is the day that God, through his Holy Spirit, reaches down from heaven and makes this child part of his family. Now, the baby doesn't turn purple doesn't grow horns or anything, but today that child, it's a miracle, becomes part of the family of God. Her sins are, for, uh, sins are forgiven. She's guaranteed a place in heaven. What a wonderful miracle. What an awesome God we have. Uh, the uh, um, the uh, music group had a song in there about how uh, good and great a God is. And I'd like to add to that uh, an awesome God, that he is somebody that is so loving and caring. Uh, it is truly amazing and truly awesome. There was one more song that I learned at camp that I thought, again, being very simple, and it was a children's song, but it's so simple, but it is so profound in our understanding of how awesome our God is. It's called the Johnny Appleseed Blessing. And perhaps I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to clear the room. But it goes like this. Oh, the Lord is good to me. And so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need. The sun, the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. So I was thinking about this whole message. I thought when we have this awesome God who does all of this for us, 
why does he do that? Why does he bother with us? He doesn't need to bother with us at all, but he does all of this for us. You know, if he is that awesome and he takes care of us who don't deserve anything, he must think we're pretty awesome too. So not only is our God awesome, but his followers, the sons and daughters of God and the brothers and sisters of Jesus are awesome people. And you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Amen. Would you please stand? Now may the peace of God, which certainly surpasses all of our human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in this awesome God and our Savior Jesus to life eternal. Amen.